You know, for over 11 years, Little Diva's balloon decorating has turned events into experiences. And celebrations have been turned into parties. Let Little Divas worry about making your event the best that it can be while you relax and enjoy it. Any event you can imagine, birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, family reunions, graduations, celebrations of life, any event that you can possibly imagine, Little Divas can bring it to life. They specialize in balloon sculptures, cake table archways, and doorway arches. Get a hold of Little Divas right now and make your celebration, reunion, or business function one that people will never forget. Call 606-791-5616. That's 606-791-5616. Or visit them on Facebook.com forward slash Little Diva Party Decorations and see for yourself. Of course, delivery is always available for a slight additional charge. Little Divas, it's where memories begin. Howard and I'm listening to the Mountain Mysteries. A production of Sloan Studios. The following may contain strong language and adult situations with depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Imagine, if you will, a dimly lit campfire surrounded by thick pines that sway under the pale moonlight and stars. The moon gives a colorless, dull incandescence to everything below. The fire crackles and pops as stories are told. Stories about ghosts that roam the city blocks, the hills and the mountains that surround all of us. These are stories about tragic endings and the spirits that remain behind. Little or no attention are to be paid to these ghosts because all too often we don't even see them or know that they're there. Until someone puts the thoughts in our mind with these stories. Stories about death. Stories about murder. When murder happens, it's usually three questions that must be answered before a conviction is handed down in a court of law. Who committed the act? Why did they do it? And how did they do what they did? Well, it doesn't take someone with a law degree to understand that. Murder has been around since Cain and Abel. The Bible tells us this and even points out to not only the who, but the how and why one brother killed another. Not that there are many reasons murder is acceptable in most opinions. Usually in today's times, witness testimonials are combined with forensic science and that is so often used to catch the perpetrators and, in many cases, put them behind bars for life. In more extreme situations, if offered by the law in certain territories, it can result in the death penalty. Witness testimonials... uh, well, in a very few recorded cases, has the victim of a murder ever been able to offer up any evidence in the conviction of their own killer, with the exception of the evidence found on their person? Oh, but in this episode, it's almost like the works of Edgar Allan Poe or Stephen King came to life off the pages from which the masterful words were crafted and breathes new life into a deceased shell. Now, my friends, we'll turn back the hands of time to February of 1977 and travel to the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois, for what can only be called a haunting mystery that to this day has people in awe and wondering if it's true. Could it be? 
that the ghost of a murder victim actually led police directly to her own killer. You see, these are the Mountain Mysteries, and this is episode number 58, The Telltale Ghost, The Mountain Mystery of Teresita Bassa. Over 24% of the 1.9 billion square acres in America alone, the mountains that so many people call home, also play host to some of the most staggering mysteries in the world. The missing. And she said, I knew I wasn't there anymore. The murdered. All my emotions just went blank, just like, just blank. And I still live with that today. I think about that so much today as he was in that water. Strange creatures. Whatever it was that was standing up. I'm out here looking through the window now and I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. I mean, it was a, nope, we need to get out of town. Unexplained lights and sightings. It does not look like an airplane. They come together and then they separate and they just keep doing this all the time. These stories may be strange. They may be sad. They may be odd but they are mysterious. These are the Mountain Mysteries, and now your host, Chris Sloan. It was a time of the Great Depression, and this wasn't just an American thing, but something that affected the entire world. Stocks and businesses collapsed all over the place. Suicides appeared to be happening everywhere, and hope Well, hope was less than a fleeting thought. She was born during this time, you know, in the Philippines in 1929, and sometime later, Teresita Bassa had moved to the United States. That was in the 1960s. She wanted to study music and brought with her a hope for a better life. She later became a respiratory therapist at the now defunct Edgewater Hospital in Chicago, Illinois. The facility, which was located just outside of Chicago, once boasted Frank Sinatra as a patient and was the birthplace of serial killer John Wayne Gacy and politician Hillary Rodham Clinton. Teresita led a quite and unassuming life. She was pursuing a master's degree in music and would commonly give out complimentary piano lessons to neighborhood kids. She enjoyed that somewhat sedated lifestyle with her husband, who was named Joe, when she wasn't working or studying. It was on February 21st, 1977, that Ruth Loeb phoned Teresita, and they talked for somewhere around a half an hour. Loeb would later testify that Teresita was expecting a friend to come over, but she didn't give any more details about who that friend was or the purpose of the visit. But it was later that night around 9 p.m., the shrilled sounds of sirens pierced the cold winter's night air as the fire department was called to her home. They weren't ready for what they saw. In the blaze, first responders, well, it was sickening what they found. 
inside the apartment at 2740 North Pine Grove Avenue. Number 15B. Teresita's nude body was found under a burning mattress with a butcher knife buried in her chest. Investigators believed that the fire had been set to cover up the murder. There was evidence that she was the victim of a sexual crime. But the autopsy determined that she had not been raped. There seemed to be no apparent motive for this offense. Investigators could also find little physical evidence, as most had been destroyed by the fire. One piece of evidence that they found, though, did say, get theater tickets for A.S. It was a memo. Well, four or five months dragged by, time marches on as it usually does. Police had absolutely no leads, no idea who could possibly want Teresita Bossa dead. But, as things do, that all would soon change when Detective Joe Stachula of Area 6 Homicide came into work one day, looked around a detective's desk, which is mostly cluttered a lot of the time, and found a note that asked him to contact Dr. Jose Chua Jr. in Stokey. Well, six months after she was murdered, the Washington Post reported that Dr. Chua Jr., who was a co-worker of Boss's, claimed that his wife, Remy, was having visions about Teresita's murder. Visions? What the hell kind of visions? I'm sure that question had to cross the detective's mind. Doctor, I would ask for your help. The man who murdered me is still at large. Now that's what Dr. Chua claimed his wife said while she was in a trance. When he pushed his entranced wife further about her identity... He said, and I quote, I was really surprised and scared when I asked her name and she answered, Ekawai, which means I am Teresita Bossa. But she told me I had nothing to be scared of. She was really pleading for me to help solve her murder. Well, as you can imagine, there was a deafening tone of silence that filled the room. The silence was louder than any noise that could have been made. Dr. Chua explained that his wife, who, it should be noted, also worked at Edgewater Hospital, had been having terrible dreams about the murdered Bossa. Lately, these dreams had evolved into a trance-like state where Bossa allegedly spoke through Remy, describing details about the murder and begging Dr. Chua to contact the police. Well, of course, at first, as you can imagine, Dr. Chua was skeptical. But the episodes became more intense, with the spirit of Bossa becoming angry at him for his inaction. Now, I, like you, can probably only imagine what Detective Stachula and his partner, Detective Lee Eplin, were thinking when Dr. Chua told them that his wife, Remy, might be possessed by the spirit of this murdered woman. Dr. Chua stated that his wife would go into these trans-like, almost comatose states during these episodes, claiming to be the spirit of Teresita Bassa. Well, initially, Statula and Eplin were probably wondering why they were wasting their time and what in the blue hell they were doing there. Suddenly, however, Dr. Chua stated that he didn't believe it either until he demanded proof from that voice. And proof 
they would get. For over 11 years, Little Diva Balloon Decorating has turned events into experiences and celebrations into parties. Let Little Divas worry about making your event the best it can be while you relax and enjoy it. Any event you can imagine, Little Divas can bring it to life. Specializing in balloon sculptures, cake table and doorway arches and more. Get a hold of Little Divas now and make your celebration, reunion or business function one they'll remember. Call 606-791-5616 or visit them on Facebook.com forward slash Little Diva Party Decorations and see it for yourself. Little Divas, it's where the memories begin. Support the Mountain Mysteries on Patreon and get early access to all episodes. With three tiers, it's easy to choose what you want. Five and ten dollar tiers get you early access, plus free gear, behind the scenes bonus content and more, plus access to interviews that would have wound up on the cutting room floor. Find out links on www.themountainmysteriespodcast.com and on facebook.com forward slash the mountain mysteries. Support the Mountain Mysteries and stay mysterious. We now return to the Mountain Mysteries with your host, Chris Sloan. He said that that voice said it needed help in solving the murder and that the murderer's name was Alan Showery. It stated that Showery went to the apartment of Teresita in order to fix a TV set, and that Showery had stolen jewelry from Teresita's apartment, and that that jewelry had been purchased in France as a gift from Teresita's father to her mother. It also stated that Showery gave the stolen jewelry to his girlfriend. Now, all of this could have been a guess, at least until the voice gave the names of specific people who could identify the jewelry and also the telephone numbers of the individuals on top of that. The individuals were identified as Ron Samara, Ken Bassa, Richard Passati, and Ray Kings. The spirit claimed that a co-worker, Alan Showery, had come back to her home under the pretense of fixing her television. As soon as Bassa turned her back, Showery attacked she believed that he was upset when she was unable to provide those theater tickets we told you about earlier for him. Well, when he was ransacking the apartment, he could only come up with about 22 bucks in cash and then stole several pieces of jewelry that were her family heirlooms, which he gave to his girlfriend. Teresita Boss's ghost went on to provide the names and contact information for four of her family members that would be able to identify the jewelry. Well, naturally. The police were extremely skeptical and hesitant of Dr. Chua's story. Nevertheless, they did a background check on Alan Showery and discovered that he did indeed work at Edgewater and lived very near to Boss's apartment. So they decided to look into this a little bit further. They interviewed several of Showery's co-workers and found out that a few of them recalled him mentioning helping Bossa with her television. When Showery was brought in for questioning, of course, he initially denied ever going to her apartment, then changed his story, claiming he left immediately because he didn't have the proper tool to fix the TV. Investigators then interviewed Showery's girlfriend, Yanka Kamluk, who admitted that he had given her a pendant and a cocktail ring as a late Christmas present. Well, the contact information allegedly provided by the ghost of Bossa proved 
to be legitimate. And the jewelry in question was successfully identified as belonging to Teresita Bassa. As his story continued to crumble and the evidence against him mounted, finally, Shoury confessed to murder, claiming that he was trying to steal enough money to pay his rent. He admitted to staging the nude body to confuse the police into thinking that the rape was the motivation, not thievery. Well, by the time that this case went to trial in 1979, guess what? Showery had another change of heart and recanted his confession, said he didn't do it at all. Well, that trial lasted four weeks and ended in a hung jury or a mistrial. Before the case could be retried, though, lo and behold, Shory pleaded guilty. Now, there's a couple of different opinions concerning his motivation for that change of plea. The defense team said that it was to gain leniency in his sentencing. It could have been, makes sense. But then there's the other side of that coin. Many people claimed Shoury was visited in prison by the ghost of Teresita Bassa herself, who, um, well, convinced him to confess. The murder of Teresita Bassa will always be remembered for its strange paranormal components. The things that go into this story are the things that legends are made of. They're the things that campfire ghost stories come about and tell. And it definitely serves as a moral warning. Skeptics and true believers continue to argue the case decades after the fact. One of the biggest points is, was Remy Chua really possessed by the spirit of her murdered co-worker? Doubters would say that she knew both the victim and the killer. Furthermore, there was some evidence that Chua and Shori may have had some workplace conflicts, suggesting some kind of personal relationship. But was it personal enough that she would be aware of the details of a murder? And how would she know the details of this particular killing or how to even contact these specific family members that could identify the stolen jewelry? Well, we may never know the answers to that. But one thing is crystal clear. A murderer was held accountable for his crimes. Teresita Bates' tale is haunting and it's chilling. But it also may serve as yet another reminder that those we love never truly leave us. And that in one way or another, in this life or the next, God will deliver justice. If you like the Mountain Mysteries, please give us a five-star rating. Support us on Patreon. Patreon members always get early access to all episodes. And don't miss us on The Gatherings, which airs, and don't miss us on the live video that we call The Gatherings, The Mountain Mysteries Gatherings, every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, airing on YouTube, Facebook, and other channels. Until the next time, I'm Chris Sloan for The Mountain Mysteries. Stay mysterious. Follow The Mountain Mysteries on Facebook.com forward slash The Mountain Mysteries. On Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash The Mountain Mysteries. And support us on Patreon. Links are on the homepage, www.TheMountainMysteriesPodcast.com. If you enjoy The Mountain Mysteries, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. That helps us so much. 
You can also help support the Mountain Mysteries by visiting our sponsors, whose links are below, or by donating at Patreon or the PayPal link shown in the notes. Patreon subscribers will receive early commercial-free episodes and more. of Sloan Studios. Stay mysterious.